we find pretty dope mompreneurs doing some pretty dope stuff. And today is no different. Like today, I really want to um, introduce you to a friend, girlfriend, little sister, sometimes mentor. <laughs> like the reason why I even started like podcasting probably about like four or five years ago. Um, she was my doula. Dang, we got history. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. And she is the co-founder of one of the biggest, dopest black marketplaces in Baltimore City right now. And it has grown tremendously over what, two years? Yeah, it'll be two in May. Yes. So tell me about tell me about the the black ass sweet milk at first. Okay, because <laughs> um, we ain't really talk like I know. Um, so black ass sweet market is essentially um, a curated event studio and marketplace empowering black creatives, makers, artists in Baltimore. So we started September twenty twenty one. We're getting ready to turn two, and it just really has grown bigger than I thought it would. <laughs> like I didn't think that. I didn't know, I didn't have any expectation really. I, I came into it just as a passion project and it has clearly turned into a movement. Um, it's turned into something that was very clearly needed for the city. And um, I don't take it lightly, like I love it so much. Like, you know, I'm constantly giving birth to new things, but I'm actually yeah. sitting with this and staying with this and watching it grow, so yeah. So how did it come out? Like what, um, where did you just, were you sitting on the couch one day and it just the idea came or like how did you so i feel like i kind of felt myself growing away from the doula business because it was just taking up so much of my emotional and physical capacity mm. just being a solopreneur in that space um but also as a creator i call myself the creatress of black ass flea market and just a creatress period because i'm constantly giving birth to things i'm a creative person um and so it was like of course, there's going to be something else that I'm going to give birth mm -hmm. to, even though I might be physically getting away from birth. Um, so it was COVID, and I was just seeing a lot of black businesses being affected by, you know, um, the, the shutdown for real. So people who whose brick and mortars closed or just people who, you know, their, their online sales were dropping. I'm just like, I really want to create a space that amplifies black joy and also gives mm -hmm. that, like, business to consumer in person yeah. you know vibe mm -hmm. so i did that um and it's so like let, let's talk about numbers real quick yeah all right so when i say let's talk about numbers like um like initially like what were your goals mm -hmm. how many did you start how many vendors yeah. you started out with or how many partners did you start out with and yeah. then what has it grown to over the past two years um initially it was 30 vendors. Um, we was at White Lock Community Farm. Um, That's still big for your first event. Yeah, yeah. No, that, <laughs> no. White Lock Community Farm really like that's really that's where we grew for real. Yeah. Um, so I'ma always have love for for that space. But um, it was 30 vendors. I started with, and actually it was an ex that um, I started with, and you know. Wait, the guy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I started with a I started with an ex and my um my sis who is now um co-owner of the Black SP Market, she literally came to volunteer that day just to set mm. us up and she had to go to work so she couldn't even stay for the first thing. Um but she, excuse me, she ended up being like, This is black legacy. I came mm. she moved from she moved to Baltimore and she was like, I came to Baltimore to create black black legacy for myself and this is what what I'm looking for. So um essentially I'm like, all right, me and my ex, we broke up. We broke up. I was going to release it. She's like, no, we need mm -hmm. to keep going. And um, we formalized the business last February. Um, at that point, I think we probably had like 60 vendors. Mm. Le last September, we had 80 vendors. That was our biggest one. And that was really when somebody was like, yo, y'all on festival vibes. Like, this yeah. is not just a marketplace. Like, there's really beautiful things happening within this market. Like we've had tattoo artists pull up, yeah. barbers, locticians doing hair out there. Like it's really a whole black ass thing. Yes. So now I'm getting chills. You just girl. describing it yeah. because I think it's, a, I think a lot of times like with us, we see um, places like Philly or Atlanta mm -hmm. and we, we deem 
those things to be for them. Right. And we don't really have community like that here. Exactly. And if we do, it's very small and sporadic. Yeah. Um, meaning that doesn't happen a lot. Mm -hmm. And when they do do it, um, something breaks it up. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. what, what, what do you do? You feel like your partner coming on like helped you push to move past that, or like, how um, do you feel like her assisting you helped push you? She changed everything for me because, mm. for me, like I said, it started as a passion project for real. So it was really like, this is fun, you know. Like, I love black people. I love shopping black, but I didn't know that it was going to grow so big. But like, so when I started my Instagram, I think we had like. 300 followers and like the, the images was ass like all the all the promo the marketing was trash but solar really is a marketing guru like mm. she is like unofficially trained but like if you go to black ass flea market right now all the graphics her everything is That's her dope. um and so like she really got the aesthetics down and that really that of course and we live in digital age so like that really helped with the impact and the outreach um and also too i just think that because of the language that we use like we call everybody cousin we refer to everybody as cousin because we want to give that feel of like home mm. um, and a family. Like, and it's also just black people, we just so, we just lit. Like we yeah. really are everything. And like, you know, I'm from Philly. So it was like Baltimore is my chosen home. I tried to move back to Philly and I came right back. So it's like, of course I would want to have some impact in a city where it's like, I've grown for it to be my home. I'm not from here, but like yeah. I want this to be like, I want everybody to feel the love that I have for this city. That's dope. I love yeah. it. So how did you, how did you get into like, how did, not how did you get into, but how did you, well, yeah, how did you jump into like entrepreneurship? I mean, I know, but I want you to tell, like, tell them a little bit about when you were at the hospital and you yeah. were kind of like teeter tottering with entrepreneurship. Yeah. Like, uh, and okay. then now. So, I'm like, I don't wanna be too long. But um, no, so fine. yeah, I mean, it really it really started from my birth eight years ago. I can't even believe my child about to be eight. But anyway, um, my giving birth, um, it was like a very traumatic experience for me. Um, and so really just the, the emergency C-section, just the crazy chaotic westernized experience that I had, um, not seeing my child for, for almost 24 hours after giving birth. I really, mm. after like getting out of like um, my depression, my postpartum depression, I went on a search of like what happened to me while I was in this hospital. Mm. And that was really when I came across the term of doula. And also I had randomly um, come across a post from Erica Badu and she was like, she was a doula. And I'm like, what, what is this? So I just like did some research. I went and found um, a doula training program in Brooklyn. I knocked that out and I'm like, Oh, I'm about to do this. Like, I'm about to um, put myself in a space of like mother and the mother mm. um, because like of it. the lack of what I experienced. But, and so, and then that also pivoted to me having the podcast that was focused on black motherhood being raw and being all, um, not necessarily authentic, but just being honest and being real and not being afraid to hide you know, my truth and my experience with mm -hmm. her dad. And, you know, that's how I met you. And like, just shooting my shot at different black moms in ADMs, like, yo, I think you dope. Um, so I was building my podcast and also, you know, building my doula business. So I would say that's probably like my, that was my jump, into, jump it. into it. Yeah. yeah. I, and blogging. I, yeah. So how yeah. did you, so what made, what, podcasting of all things, because yeah. when you started, what it was like, 16 or yeah, something it like, like it wasn't really popular yeah it was like 16 17 i started because i also i'm, I'm a i was a broadcaster integrated media journalism major at morgan okay so you know i also i've always been trying to find my voice i've also i've always been trying to figure out how can i connect to other people who i know i'm not the only one that's experiencing this and i think that connection to community is really the way to heal like that loneliness and that isolation so um yeah that's that was that was really what it was for me yeah and i like I find my people i'm always i'm always find my people like i'm a person that like i live by create what you can't find and that's really been my success with everything entrepreneur mm. entrepreneurial that i've you know sought out i like that create what you can't find yeah, yeah. i live by that i do too yeah I, and more so like and not even create what you can't find but like 
what I what I needed and what I don't want somebody else to need. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. Because it was like for me, I I don't want. I know for me, like even with creating this podcast, like it was more so like everything was so painted and polished mm-hmm. and granted like when I did talk about like treatments mm-hmm. and like how I wanted to present on camera mm-hmm. I wanted to be very clean mm-hmm. but I didn't want it to be very I didn't want to like come in with suits on and I didn't right. want to you know what I mean and so I wanted <laughs> people to see themselves in me and yes. people to see themselves in the guests because I think a lot of times with not just parting but like social media period mm-hmm. or just it's, it's, it's a game of how we present mm-hmm. and who presents the best. Mm-hmm. And um, I think right now, in losing authenticity, we are also like, we losing um, like how to get to ourselves mm-hmm. and how to find ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, because if we, if we so busy like um, performing right. and acting, it's mm-hmm. like we never really um, become. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, (laughs) (laughs) so how do you feel like um, you have become over these past couple years, like in in direct correlation with being a mom? Um, I would say social media really has always been like an outlet for me. I've always showed up as real as possible on that space. Like I know you probably remember me being in lingerie on Instagram, but it was it was really a means of accepting my body um, because I was not seeing enough black women um, be honest about like hating your body sometimes Mm. or you know like just finding love in the stretch marks and like knowing that like those are you know those are story that's storytelling and like that's just a part of who you are like you create life and so I had to really get damn near naked to really see myself and Mm. I shared that online so I think that that's kind of who I still try to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm still that same type of person. I'm not as out there in that same way anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, my motherhood really helped me, shape me to be who I am today. And, and it's so funny that you brought that up because that when you used to like show your stretch marks and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I never experienced that. Mm-hmm. And so even with like having five children mm-hmm. um, and the twins, the stretch marks like being on your hips and stuff is different than stretch marks on your stomach right and so um (laughs) i think for me this was the first time that i didn't know the body that i was in yeah and so i'm used to snap back you know what i mean and i'm used to i'm not i'm I'm not used to the extra weight and and while outside like people are like oh you look good and you look this it still comes down to like being very comfortable in the body that you're in yeah, you, you got to be the one to believe it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, thank you. <laughs> right. But you got to believe it. Yeah, and so I felt like, um, you know, it, it's so many, and, and even so many things are just playing in my head because over time, like, we'll, like, not, lo- I don't want to say lose connection because that's not the proper words, but, like, we don't probably connect as often as we do in some seasons than we mm-hmm. do off season. Mm-hmm. But um, it's bringing me back to, like, yoga. Like, yes. when, you, when you became a student. <laughs> like girl damn we'd have been in so yeah, many so phases that's together what, that's what i'm saying so while you wow. telling the story of um how you were pres- how you were showing up online mm-hmm. um with the lingerie it brought me back to when you were consistently coming to yoga yeah. so i mean for who who don't know I w- i'm a yoga instructor or i have taught yoga and i opened up a yoga studio in baltimore and you were very pivotal to even me just staying committed to the commitment mm. of um, when nobody came to class, when one person came to class, when you just came to class, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, to, to be very consistent in it. Yeah. But like, how do you feel like um, yoga has helped you during your journey? Oh my God. Um, it's one thing to acknowledge the physical body, um, but it's another thing to be in the body and yoga has um, really been that gift of like It's so much more than just like this Stretching it's so much oh. more than just like feeling these mm. limbs and arms It's like you can feel the internal body when you on the mat And I just know like you really were my introduction to yoga again 
everything is representation. Representation is so important because I had never seen a black woman instructor, mm -hmm. or if I did, not one that I felt like I saw myself in. And like the affirmations, I literally, I literally cried in one of your mm. trap yoga classes. Like <laughs> we twerking down, we, we down dogging, <laughs> we throwing ass, but I'm still like the affirmations just especially in connection to the body or just in connection to being like, I remember the to this day, you said in the first class I ever took with you, which was a trap yoga class, you said for some people in this room, this during Savasana, this may be their only moment of silence all, themselves, like, yeah, themselves like all week themselves. long, just yeah. this one, this one pose may be their only moment of peace or, or silence. So like, let's really honor that. And I feel like that was the first time I ever mm. felt so quiet and so at peace that I feel like I'm like, not today. <laughs> yeah. It helped a mm. lot, like with my healing and it's still something that I practice because of you. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, I think a lot of times like in this entrepreneurial journey, um, because I was, when I started doing hair, it was easy. Mm -hmm. um, it was, I grew very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, I'm doing 80 to 100 Girl. women a week. You know what I mean? That's, that's a big business yeah. at like 24. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? And so when I got into yoga, I wanted women, more specifically black women to have an opportunity for something that was really ours. Mm -hmm. Like this was this was an activity for black and brown people mm -hmm. that got whitewashed over years. Mm -hmm. um, and so I felt like I wanted to find a way to do that. And um, that business grew pretty quickly too in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then opening up a studio is like crickets. Yeah. <laughs> and right before COVID, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so yeah. um, it was, so that you saying that means a lot to me mm -hmm. because um, I felt like I wanted to to step away from a business that wasn't serving my family. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it, I wasn't financially benefiting from yeah. it. And so I think a lot of times in entrepreneurship, if we're not benefiting financially from something, we don't see the benefits of it. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Absolutely. so I think for me, like that right there just, because the thing about it that we really, that a lot of people I don't think consider is that entrepreneurship don't even be about us for real. Mm. Like, I really do feel like ancestors, God, spirit, whoever your people is, choose you to do to be a servant at the end of the day. That's mm. what entrepreneurship is. It's not a selfish work. It feels like it because it's like, oh damn, I'm doing all this work for others, but my bank account ain't, hit, ain't hitting. <laughs> right. But it's like, there is a reason why you were chosen to show up to do that thing. And I think that um, even if it's for a moment or for a season, God will push you to your next thing. Mm -hmm. And like, you just gotta keep going. Yeah. Like, I just think you gotta stay faithful and keep it moving. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and I think we don't really understand like how these businesses build upon something else. Right. So like even what you're saying, like, oh, you were you were potting and then you became a doula mm -hmm. and then now you own a business of um it's I mean it's event based. Yeah, right? it's event based. Yeah, kinda like mm -hmm. event based. Mm -hmm. It's still a very inconsistent income. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. and so like how do you manage that being a mom? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> I feel like um it was rough probably the first year. I think we are now moving into like seeing the fruits of our labor because um, like there's other things that we've been able to do. Like we were able to curate the Trap Music Museum down in Atlanta. They did a pop up here and they, we got hired to curate that art show. We do vending operations for other marketplaces and things like that. So um, definitely my mom been holding it down <laughs> um, in, that, in that year one. Um, but like helping paying bills and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, I lost my car mm. in this shit. Like it's been a lot, but again, the, the 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 faithfulness. Even in them days where I'm like, I don't think I'm supposed to be doing this, or I need to stop this. I need to go get another get job. job. I literally tried to get a job that was still art based. I did that shit for three months, and I was like, I'm not. I'm not doing this. I'm done <laughs> with this. Like the money was more consistent, but it was not worth it. It was not mm. worth my peace. It was not worth um, being away from my daughter as much. You know what I mean? Like I, with my with my schedule as an entrepreneur, I can 
be flexible and work around my daughter's schedule. Mm -hmm. And that's a really important thing because her dad is not here. So it's just like, I need this flexibility. Mm -hmm. And I do believe, and it's happening now. Like I said, like I'm in a better place now. I'm not where I wanna be yeah. financially, but I'm <laughs> on the way and, I, and it feels so close. And like Ooh, we in good. some meetings with some important people and developers and you know what I'm saying? So it's just like things are definitely on the way. <laughs> that's dope, yeah. that's dope. I like that. So how do you feel like, um, like with her dad being gone mm -hmm. or cause he doesn't live here right. per se. So it's not like he, it, he lives in another state. Yeah. Do, do you feel like, um, like how often do y'all exchange or like how often do you like, do you have support that, in that area? Uh, um, support is a very strong word, um, but I will say that he, for the last three years, has gotten her for like five weeks in the summer. Um, so pretty much she would see him once a year. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's an interesting thing. He, we just found out he had a child here. Oh wow. Um, recently. <laughs> so he's been here. Okay. Um, he he just she he was just here um last month actually so okay so she has the opportunity to see him more than before. I mean we this is our first time okay. of him coming outside of the summer so basically you you're co-parenting with your mom right that's my co-parent all right so how is how is that um how has the relationship <laughs> changed over the years yeah. now that she's kind of your sole co-parent she is yeah. um I I would say that it was a challenge, especially when I had like a season of needing to live with her because financially I just wasn't in a space to afford my own. But um, we good now that I'm not in her crib. <laughs> <laughs> um, we good. I, I feel like, I mean, I appreciate her so much. She's really my, like, she's my co-parent. She's really my anchor. She loves her, her grandchild and they get on my nerves together. They are like a little old couple, them two. That's sweet. But um, yeah, I, our relationship has definitely gotten better, I feel like, um, just as I'm In getting In comparison older. to how it used to be. Yeah, for okay. sure. And also too, just because I'm maturing and I'm, you know, show up, showing up differently in my motherhood and like I'm, I'm learning and I'm coming to her like, well, how, you, how would you deal with this? Cause you know, she wasn't with my dad. So it's just, I think there's a different level of respect and vulnerability mm -hmm. um, in the space. <laughs> That's good. She's seeing you as an adult woman. Yeah. I think a lot of times when it comes to like, it's even hard for me, I have an adult woman child mm -hmm. and um, I very much still see her as my baby. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think um, that we always see them as our baby. Yes. And we always will. But um, sometimes it might be a little damaging because mm -hmm. sometimes if I can't, do something for her because my daughter lives in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Well, if I'm not like her immediate form of contact, mm -hmm. like I feel bad about it. Like mm -hmm. I, it's a burden of like, oh, I'm not parenting properly mm -hmm. or things like that. But it also it gives her space to be an adult. Yeah. And so um, the relationship has changed over the past couple of years yeah. because now it's I'm looking at I'm trying to find the positives while giving myself grace, you know what I mean? And yes. so how do you feel like your your parenting more specifically has changed um, mm. with the relationship of your mom changing? Like, do you feel like yeah. that has a direct correlation in how you parent now? Interestingly enough, I actually had to work through this with my therapist. I was carrying a lot of mom guilt and um, my therapist helped me come to the conclusion that the narrative of motherhood, like she basically was trying to figure out like why, why do you, why are you so guilty as a mom? But I learned that it came from my mother's narrative of my motherhood, if that makes mm, sense. So how was, she felt about how you yes, were parenting. Exactly. Okay. So I had to really just do all this unraveling and like start to just create my own narrative of motherhood for myself. Mm. And that was like, I, I, I found that like I really be very attached to the things that people think or say about me um, or project rather. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to just do some work around that. Like I really just, so I'm, I'm still in that space of like creating a narrative, my own narrative of motherhood. So being more intentional about spending time with her, 
being like, no, Ma, Kennedy can't spend a night tonight because mm. she need to be with her mother. Like, but it, it was certain times, you know, in my entrepreneurship or just in my young motherhood where I was like, oh yeah, you can go ahead because I want to be outside. Right. So it's just kind of <laughs> like just the change in the maturity and just the self-awareness, I think, has. Yeah, definitely. It, it's so funny you said that because even with, my mother used to tell me this all the time, like, you don't need to be at somebody's house all the time. Mm -hmm. And I know it's just your mother. Yeah. It's your mother's house, but she was saying this in relationship to like friends houses mm -hmm. and things like that and then now i see myself doing it with my daughter mm -hmm. it's like i don't need you to be i don't need you to be a part of somebody's family culture mm -hmm. you got your own family mm -hmm. that we need to cultivate over here mm -hmm. and it's very much important mm -hmm. but when i was younger it was more so like oh they gonna keep you go in yeah. stay over there like you know what i mean yes. like and so i think the older that i get um I, I really start, I'm really starting to realize like the intentions behind why my mother did and said certain things mm -hmm. and then why I need to do and show up a certain type of way. And some yeah. of it is beneficial. Like some of the stuff, some of the, some of the things that she has done, I might not understand and I'm, or I'm just starting to mm -hmm. understand why she parented me like that. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like the re the way your mother felt about you and the way that you parented, do you feel like it had to do with how she parented you? Oh yeah. My mom was outside. <laughs> My mom was outside. She had me at 35. Um, so, you know, she really wanted it. She just, she wanted to be, you know, she, she waited to have me because she wanted to play. She wanted to be outside. She wanted to be in the streets, but still, when I was born, she still kind of had that on her a little bit. So I spent a lot of time with my grandma. I spent a lot of time with my cousins and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, or just even like my mom's friends who also had kids. Like I would be at their house a lot. Not to say that my mom didn't have me, but it was like she spent a lot of time out. So I, being a younger mother, of course, mm -hmm. I'm like, I was always for, the, for a long time, one of the only moms in my friend group. Mm, so like, okay. I'm no, it's like a culture shock yeah. almost being like, oh, but like all the other, this was before FOMO, was it FOMO, what was it, FOMO, yeah. Everybody else outside and I didn't wanna miss out. Right. So I would be outside too. But now it's like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I still get outside, but <laughs> um, it's just, it just looks a little bit different because I'm like realizing like what's important. And I, I know that, you know, there's gonna be some things that I, unfortunately like some sort of trauma that I'm gonna contribute to mm -hmm. in some form or fashion, but I'm like, without trying to be too controlling, I'm trying to control what I can mm. and just be more intentional about that. That's good, so, that's good. Yeah. So I kind of wanted, I kind of want to dig into like some entrepreneurial things that possibly could have happened like when you were younger or like some mm -hmm. things. Um, so for me, my, I, I didn't really realize until I, until I labeled it entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. Um, of like little things I did when I was younger. So mm -hmm. like when I was younger, I used to um, write poetry mm -hmm. and um, my mother was a teacher. So I would print it out and then I would laminate them mm -hmm. and I would sell them as like cards <laughs> on like oh, Valentine's Day and Christmas and stuff like that. Yes. And so um, also just like little things like, I remember I got in high school and we used to have parties. Like my mm -hmm. high school was known for our parties mm -hmm. and um, I mean, I dibbled and dabbled in some some things that I probably shouldn't have, but like I would make copies of the tickets and sell the tickets. Yes. So like, so you know what I mean? So I'm pocketing all the tickets that I yep. made, yep. but you know what I mean? And I'm giving the school their money mm. for the tickets that they made, you know what I mean? And so I've had a, a couple of entrepreneurial endeavors, like mm -hmm. being younger, yeah. um, which I feel like kind of contributed to me and who mm -hmm. I am. Mm -hmm. Do you, you have any, like when you were younger, like do you have any things that you probably dibbled and dabbled to and then this kind of birthed creativity or this birthed yeah. entrepreneurship? Yeah, I definitely was always a writer. Like I, I didn't necessarily sell anything, but like I was always writing and like people knew me as a writer, period. Um, I will also say like I was definitely doing hair around the way um, for a couple of dollars, nothing too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then I would say like, similar to you, like I would throw parties all the time. Back in the day, I would throw parties. I would throw tattoo parties at my house, do oh, all kind of stuff, making money at the door. <laughs> so like, you know, just little stuff like that. I, I think that those little things that we don't really think about do end up having a connection later. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, yeah. Or like even just like curation, like being like, yo, we gonna do this, we gonna throw this party, we wearing this color, it's gonna be this theme. Cause Stuff even, like it, listen, so even now, <laughs> I'm thinking about when, 
we had a little like a yoga night at oh, the house. Yeah, we did. That's crazy. Yes. That's you curating That's an what event. I'm and it, it was only what, like five or six yeah, of us there. Like it wasn't events, a lot of people. But I had like some of my friends come from Philly. Yeah. Like it was a whole thing. Yeah. So it's <laughs> like you've been do- creating events. Yeah. Yes. I'm gonna yeah. bring the vibe every time. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> Yes. You yeah, you kept me working. Listen, <laughs> trying to, girl. Listen, when you know somebody that could has a specialty, you gotta call them. Yeah. So what? A, so how? So it's, I, I do want to kind of talk about like the doula. Like, mm-hmm. how long did you? How long were you a doula? Um, from 2019 to 2022-ish. Like early last year, I stopped like completely. Okay. Um, but like I had this period towards like the latter end of um. 2021 and like 2022 I had 11 no, I had 22 babies in 11 months whoa so <laughs> it just was just you no I had I'm sorry I had 13 babies in 11 months but that's more ba- that's more babies than there are months in a year <laughs> and so also those relationships are yeah and just me for the most part um, those relationships are usually like six months long because I come on around 19 20 weeks and I don't really you know, in that relationship or not in the relationship, but in that contract until like baby is like two months. So at some point, so it's just like, it was a lot of time, Mm -hmm. a lot of emotion, a lot of different layers in that business. Like just, you know, um, supporting hospital birth and having to deal with doctors and their things or partners in their things Mm -hmm. and really having to just be like a neutral support to everybody. Like there's been times where I had to support a doctor in a birth, a nurse Mm -hmm. in a birth. Um, And that's why I thought, wow, I shifted. Like I'm gonna only do home birth because it was so much in the hospital space. And also too, I just think it was triggering for me just from what I had experienced in my own birth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had came back to the hospital for you, girl. But, um. <laughs> how do you, but okay, so then how do you, cause I feel like a lot of people, they de- deem themselves to be empaths, but sometimes they not, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I feel like with empaths more specifically, or just people who carry on the burden of other people, mm-hmm. I feel like being a doula, you do that, you carry, yeah. And you carrying things that the mom can't hold on her own right. and you holding space for her that she can't, she probably can't, sometimes can't even identify, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so how do you not separate the two, but how do you, how are you able to care for yourself in yeah. separation of such right. a heavy spiritual job? Yeah. I mean, that's really kind of why I had to stop because you get so wrapped up in, you know, the lives of others and it's like, I'm so... Um, passionate about black life so that's the Mm. the baby that's the mother like y'all going come out of this alive (laughs) and and happy Um, and really just like going into every birth of like I want the the remembering the memory of your birth to be light to be happy and also but that's not always the case because you can't control that Um, but there was a lot of work spiritually that I had to do, like after I would have births, I would be like unplugged, like not doing anything, <laughs> really um, trying to rest as much as possible. Like I would have certain ritual, like, okay, I'm going, I'm going to take my bath. I'm gonna be in my bath mm-hmm. immediately after a birth for a very long time because um, water is just so healing. And, you know, I would write or I would move, I would get on the mat, just all of those things, like having to do constant work to really release the energy mm. of a birth, mm-hmm. it's a lot of work. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, that's why I was asking because I know, so even for me, um, like I had the babies early. Mm-hmm. I had the twins kind of early, um, like a month and a half early. Mm-hmm. And so um, we didn't have a long stint right. of time together, but I do remember, I, I think, I don't think women understand the necessity of a doula. Yeah. Um, and this wasn't until what my fourth pregnancy mm-hmm. so it, it's you don't understand you don't we're not introduced to it we don't mm-hmm. know about doulas we and on top of it if it's not covered by insurance a lot of times we don't participate in those mm-hmm. things but i do want to say like um the importance of the partner being there too mm-hmm. because um this was his first childbirth mm-hmm. and had he he we not sat through a session I don't think he would have known mm-hmm. what to do because we 
you know, things do get sped up mm -hmm. um, in the hospital and ended up having an emergency C-section mm -hmm. and, um, and he's, he, him being a lot younger than me, mm -hmm. sometimes I could see, he needed, I needed him to step up. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I feel like he supported me and stepped up mm -hmm. and I felt very much protected yeah. more so than I ever had before. But mm -hmm. I think it came from the education of having a doula, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And yeah. so do, how do you, even though you step away from the space, like how important do you feel like it is for a woman to, to even just had, even to just consider it or think about it. I think it. every woman needs a doula. Okay. No matter what kind of birth you're going to have. Because again, at the end of the day, like, we all need mothering. Black women, we all are naturally mothers, whether you give birth or not. We take care of so many people, and usually we, we get the shorter end of the stick or we don't prioritize ourselves or we'll neglect ourselves. So just going into it just with that is like, now I actually am about to have a, a baby mm. and you can't support yourself in birth. You can't, mm. it's just not possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could do the work, you, you could do, you could read as much as possible, but like you need someone else there. And like there have, have been actual studies that show that like birthing outcomes have come out extremely better just from the support of another woman being in the room, not even mm. necessarily somebody who deems themselves right. as a doula. So I just, I, I really, I, I will stand on top of the mountain and scream, get a doula. Like, do your research, um, do con consultations. They're, to, they're usually free, they should be free. Um, and so, like, see if you vibe with somebody. It should really kind of feel like, a, almost like a big sister type of hmm. connection. But um, I, I definitely highly recommend it, especially for black women. I don't, I don't need to get into the mortality numbers. You can look them up, they, yeah. on, they on the internet. Right. So, again, I'm, I focus less on maternal mortality and more on just like let's focus on black life mm. and it's important i like so. it girl <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm trying not to i'm, I'm want to hop in and out of stuff because i do feel um i feel a sense of like not heaviness per se but i feel like a a spirit of growth mm. right here like you know what i mean like and this is di this is a different interview yeah. than um oh yeah you think so? I know so. Yeah, it feels <laughs> different, right? Yeah. yeah, so it feels different to me. But um, also, like, I, I want people to pull something away from it that's tangible, something mm -hmm. that they hear something and they go and do it, whether mm -hmm. it's to hire a doula, whether it's to become a better mom, mm -hmm. whether it's to go harder in their business, mm -hmm. like, things like that. Mm -hmm. But I kind of want to um, talk about, like, partnering with people. Yes. <laughs> and... Um, in developing partnerships, one with a woman, one with a black woman. Um, but you guys are like young, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so starting a business with sometimes with a friend can mm -hmm. be hard yeah. or even if she, just period, like two women starting business together can sometimes be hard. So I want you to talk about like, how do you guys make it work? And I know it's not like, oh, we've been together for 10 years, but like, how do you, yeah. how long have y'all known each other? And like, how do y'all make it work? We literally met December, 2020. Oh, yeah, on just a virtual entrepreneurship two day workshop. Wow. And <laughs> it was so crazy. Cause like we were grouped up with different people, but I could feel her energy through the damn computer. And mm. I was like, I want to know this girl. Like, and I definitely slid into her DMs like, yo, you, I'm just inspired by like your energy. And so like, you know, organically, it would be dope if we could connect. She um, had a candle business at the time. I was a doula at the time. That was what we were in the workshops for. And um, she had a, a candle, like, delivery in-person option. So I bought a candle, no. and I had her deliver it to me. And I was like, I don't care. I'm a Scorpio. I'm going to get you in my space <laughs> if I want you in my space. That's <laughs> what y'all did. That's what we do. One thing on a Scorpio, they're going to get what they want. <laughs> we go every they time. They're going to get what they want. Every time. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I would say, like, after that, we kind of started to help each other in our individual businesses. Like, she, I was helping her price some, um, do some price modeling for something she was offering she was doing. She helped me shoot some video for, like, my herbs and stuff for my doula business. Um, and, like, it kind of grew from there organically. Um, and overall, my relationship with her, even outside of business, has just been joy and ease. Mm. Like, I can't explain my friendship, my sistership with her is not really something that I've experienced 100% in that way. Um, and I think we have a lot in common. I think it's just one of those things where it's just like, 
God put put her in my life. Like, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that is like my one of my soulmates. Like my sis. Like for real. That's dope. Yeah, we have not had no drama. We haven't. We've literally recently we moved in together because it just makes the business easier. We share expenses anyway, so it's just like we might as well. Why are we paying two separate rents? Mm. Like these things are. Like, it don't make no sense. That's she helped good. me take care of Kennedy. Like, it's just, I can't really explain it. That's dope. It's just That's one dope. of the things where I think is luck. <laughs> and I think <laughs> it's um, just a blessing for real. Does she have any children? She don't have any kids. Okay. Nope. Mm -mm. She's, she's just a fly auntie and she want to stay that way. <laughs> she calls herself the fly auntie of Black Ass Flea Market. Like, okay. I'm the creatress of Black Ass Flea Market. She the fly auntie of Black Ass Flea Market. We don't really do traditional names and stuff yeah. really in the business. Like so. founder. Yeah, we don't really Executive do Executive Like assistant. we'll say co-owner if we must, cause like, okay. you know, sometimes you just have to, but yeah. I like the, the non-traditional labeling of mm -hmm. it. Like where, where'd you come up with his, with I, your name? Creatures just came out of yeah. my mouth one day. I don't know. I do this sometimes like by accident. Because it's like goddess, creative. Yeah. Is that yeah. where you came from? I think it's, that's oh, okay. kind of the marriage, but like <laughs> okay. not intentionally. Sometimes yeah. things come out of my mouth that I don't be knowing is about to come out. That's <laughs> like, dope. that's what I'm saying. Like, sometimes it's like, you just was chosen for something. Cause a lot of it, I don't even, it don't be me. Yeah. So. So how do you feel, how do you feel about, how do you feel moving towards the future of the part of partnering with her and just partnering period? I, I think that partnership is so important because really most entrepreneurs fail because we try to take on too much. We try to do too much alone. Um, and so I feel like if you can find someone, lean in, and um, I, I plan on staying partners with her in this business. Does it and affect honestly, the home life? Like how, like how does that, how does that play out? Because it's not like y'all in a intimate relationship right, with each other. Right. So it's but you, but you still have a home life together. Mm -hmm. Like how, does it? Everything is pretty much above water across yeah. the board. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I know it sounds crazy. Do you feel too good to be true sometimes, or like? I feel like. Or y'all, y'all have y'all intentional. Y'all are intentional about working. Um, I I feel like we all deserve partnership. Period. I think that like I don't say it's too good to be true. It's because it's what I deserve, mm. and I feel like I haven't experienced partnership in a lot of ways, and like in in intimate relationships or in other platonic you know friendships, and so like it was kind of one of them things. Like I feel like. My relationship with her is like I am gonna have, you know, a man one day that's gonna get. It's gonna feel like this. I feel like yeah. she was put in my life to feel like okay, you can have ease and joy in a sistership, and you will have that mm. in a relationship. It's just not right now, and I think that um, it's just been laid out this way for it to feel like this in this space with a with another woman with a you know another friend, and it's teaching me how I may show up as a partner with a man. Right. I feel like you know i feel like she is the standard like mm. you know what i mean like yeah. i look i look in my man when he come to do or or not to do the same things but like but show up mirror those, ways. those yeah. Yeah, yeah like the, the, there's some important elements that i need in my relationship with my man because i'm learning that mm -hmm. from my relationship with my friend it's it's so you you hit the nail on the head because i was i was talking to somebody else about um about practicing, mm -hmm. like in practicing partnerships. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we, we like, I desire to be married. So mm -hmm. it's like, I practice now, like I'm intentionally practicing with people, with friendships, with relationships and things that I develop because mm -hmm. it's certain ways that I wanna be able to respond and react to my husband. Yes. You know what I mean? And yes. so, <laughs> are, are you dating right now? Um, I wouldn't say dating. <laughs> I'm open to dating. Okay. Um, but I'm not dating right now. Actively, no. Okay. I have some interest. For what reason? Just because they haven't presented themselves. Okay. <laughs> but I'm, I'm definitely, I'm with it if you out there. Okay. Um. No, because some people go on dating sites. Some people go on, some people are sliding in DMs on social media. Some yeah. women are shooting their shots. Some women, are, and shout out to them. I wish I was more like them. <laughs> I am not that bold. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I need to take a hint. Maybe I need to see what's up with something else, something new. I don't know. That's good. <laughs> I'm, gl I'm glad you, but I'm, I think you today you seem very at peace. Mm. You know what I mean. And so when I, I think a lot of times when we say at peace, we we look at that word to be more so like comfortable mm -hmm. and content. Mm -hmm. And I don't I don't feel that. Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't feel that. I feel that you still are in a space like I'm at peace and I'm 
I'm still going hard. Like, how do you balance the two of being like, I'm still in pursuit of the goal, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm peaceful. I'm at peace right now. Um, I feel like I've experienced a lot of loss. Okay. Um, so like a lot of loss of like friendships or a lot of loss of like just beliefs or things that I've done in my life that are like no longer beneficial to me. So I feel like I'm really in a transition space. And as much as like the loss of like people or things or thoughts or feelings um, have, that it's impacted me very heavily. Um, I'm seeing like those things have had to go. Like I'm seeing it, like I'm pursuing the peace. Like I, I feel like you, it's, I don't know. I feel like loss is a part of the heart Olympics. Like I feel like you have to experience like darkness and all of that mm-hmm. shit to mm-hmm. get to the light. So I've, I'm seeing and feeling the light at this point. So like, I don't want to fight with holding it on to anybody mm. or anything or any thought because that's just further setting me back. So I think that I'm just in a space of like radical acceptance, I would probably say. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. You said something too. What I said? You said <laughs> <laughs> um, loss of belief. Mm-hmm. And so tell me, explain it. Um. I would say I was going through like a whole I was a, I was hanging with a group of people that I feel like were moving me away from things that I that that were just mine thoughts that were mine um I don't want to get too specific but like <laughs> I felt myself getting too spiritual mm. at some point and not thinking God enough and um, just solely relying on my ancestors. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm gang, everybody. Mm-hmm. Ancestors and God <laughs> for me, period. That's me. Um, but like, I felt like I was getting too far away from like thanking God. Mm, like um, gratitude. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I, I was like. Oh, like in a sense of like, I did this. Like, I, I can't even really explain it. Like, I was just getting so far away from just my own personal shit. Like that was carrying me and keeping me going and pouring into me because I was kind of like leaning a little bit more towards those other people and like what they believe in and what they mm. do. And it's like, I should be able to have all my things that are mine and still be mm. friends with y'all and still feel accepted and all of that. So I don't want to make it be about them, but it was just kind of like, that's kind of what I mean. I don't know if I'm clear enough. No, but. that's good. I think we, I think, a lot of times when we spend a lot of time with people, um, we pick up even yeah. picking up mannerisms, yeah, like, like you know not what on mean? purpose, or picking up your boyfriend's slang, or right. stuff, you know what exactly. I mean, stuff like that. Like exactly we, we automatically mean. do, and so it doesn't have to be as deep, mm-hmm. but it can also be. Um, it, I mean, it doesn't have to be as deep as like religion or spiritual right. spirituality. Um, sometimes it can be surface, but sometimes it's those little things that, that shift us over time like they can yeah. change us and shift us over time mm-hmm. and so <laughs> i don't want to belabor the time and keep you here and everything but i know i um i super enjoy like just Me connecting too. with you like i feel I miss you good <laughs> i do too yeah you know i yeah. couldn't find you i'm like what is she doing where is she at Let the go girl yeah and i was just like um I know I needed to connect with you and it's kind of like a full circle moment too of just being like, oh, I can feel myself welling up again. <laughs> of um, connecting with somebody who sees you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Like people people see the, the outside appearance of who I am. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, can I be the person who you think I am? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. And so I have been known to do great and big things and very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you let your self-esteem press and weigh down on you mm-hmm. till you get to the point where you don't want to do anything. Right. You know what I mean? So yes. um, I told myself, and I even told myself this morning, mm-hmm. I said, you gotta try one more time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you yes. gotta, you gotta try you one do. more time. You do. And so, um, to me <laughs> and to like that mompreneur that 
is tired and that has tried a bunch of different things that work and didn't work yeah and who is still trying to become a better mom like what would you tell her right now i mean i really feel like you pretty much have really laid it out it's like when you are tired when you are exhausted when you shooting or aiming to be something that like somebody else wants you to be it's honestly scratch that it's more so like you have to show up and do something for you because as a mom i think you get so wrapped up in being just that and you kind of at times will lose your person and just become a mom i would say like you have to create space intentionally you have to fight for yourself Mm. you have to show up for yourself even if you've had all these failures that is the mother in you you are going to continue to give birth to things and it's your responsibility Mm. to try to show up to do that's what motherhood is ain't it you fail you fall (laughs) you fuck up but you got to get up again yeah so like that's that's just what it is that's what i would say oh thank you girl (laughs) i was not supposed to be crying yeah. Oh my god, and my makeup is not so nice. But I want to thank you guys for tuning in and tapping into the pod. Um, listen, <laughs> it's been a time today, and listen, we ain't even gonna go out here the right way. Or, but just thanks for tapping in and thanks for tuning in. Um, any additional information, if you want to reach out to Bree or attend. Um, the events that she curates or attend the marketplace, Black Ass Flea Market. Um, all the information will be in the show notes. So thank you until next time. Girl! <laughs> <laughs>